that's what we should say, right? At least the youth are going in the right direction. Amen. Hey, if we can get some, some uh, another lights on up here, that would be great. And I actually forgot my notes upstairs, but that's okay. Amen. I don't know how I did that. I got the wrong paper. Well, hey, we're going to start a series today in the book of Joshua. And we're actually, today we're going to be in the book of Deuteronomy, but we're going to start a, a series in the book of Joshua um, over the next however long. And I don't know if we'll go in depth and go really slow. There's uh, 24 chapters in Joshua, which means if we did one a week, we'll be here for at least 24 weeks just doing one chapter a week. Um, some of them will probably go a little quicker. Some of them will be going a little bit slower. And, uh, but the Lord just really put this, um, this week onto my heart to go ahead and start um, this. Uh, so I, I am very excited about that. Hey, this morning, you, you have already made choices. Um, you, you all chose, chose to come to church this morning. You looked at, you stood in front of your closets and you chose what to wear. Some of you did a good job. We won't say about the others, okay? Um, you got here this morning and you, you chose what pastry you want. I think there was four things out there, some, some lemon and some blueberry stuff and, and like a bear claw thing. And, and thanks to Debbie and Dave for bringing those things in. You probably got to choose between decaf and regular. Um, you got, sometimes when you have your coffee, you, you choose between whole milk or non-fat or half and half, right? You, you see, we make a lot of choices. Last night you chose what TV show to watch. If you watch TV, you chose, most of you got to choose what time you went to bed. Our life is full of choices. And that's what this message this morning is about, is all the choices that we have, are we making the right choices? I looked in the Bible to, to you know, talk about choices, and you know, the Lord gives us choices our whole life. And throughout the Bible, it's really a lot of stories about choosing. Oh, look at that. Thank you. There might be some little notes on there. Um, you know, making choices uh, for the Lord or for Him. Now, some of the choices that we make, they really don't make a hill of beans in, in eternal matters. In fact, back before I was saved, there was a movement, I believe it was called the discipleship movement. And some of you might remember that. I think it was in the early 70s. And I don't want to look at people going, I wasn't saved. But um, in the early 70s, there was this movement called the discipleship movement, and it got so heavy into making choices or not that everything became spiritual, that literally people who were being discipled would stand before their, their dresser and call their discipler and say, which jammies should I wear tonight? Because it was everything was spiritual. We had to make the right choices about everything. And some people... As always, there, people take things to the extreme. And, you know, I don't think God really cares what color jammies you wear. But, but there's a lot of other choices in this life that he does care about. But we are, are full of choices. In fact, sometimes we're too full of choices. We have too many choices. We're too free to make choices because we're constantly choosing and we're not slowing down long enough to think, does God care what I'm choosing today? Does God really care about the things that I'm choosing today. Some things, I, I actually believe he, he might have a say in it. And he might lead us to choose something to protect us or to be a witness to somebody else. You ever had that, that moment where you're like, oh, I don't know if I want to go to, you know, Carl's Jr. or if we want to go to Hacienda or what. And you feel something and you go, oh, you know, I feel like, I feel like we're supposed to go 
Anyone ever have to have that? I feel like we're supposed to go. And then sometimes you go to that place and all of a sudden you meet someone. God has a divine appointment for you. And really what happened is you just lined up with the choice that God wanted you to make because he has a plan for you. But many other things aren't that spiritual, but yet they're just as important. Gonna go with me to the book of Deuteronomy. I remember as a youth, that was like one of my favorite books because it sounded so cool because we'd say, Deuteronomy. You will never, ever think of that book again. I've ruined you for life. Now, let's, let's catch up here. In the book of Deuteronomy, um, we're going to be reading in chapter 30. But, but what we're coming to at the end of Deuteronomy, the beginning of uh, the book of Joshua, we're talking about the end of Moses' life and the beginning of Joshua's. And so we know the story of Moses. You know, he was born in Egypt, um, was raised. He was supposed to be killed, but, but uh, he was put in the, in the basket, floated downstream, found by Pharaoh's daughter, raised in Pharaoh's court, grew up as really a prince of Egypt, as even that the Disney animation did. You know, he grew up in Pharaoh's household as one of them. As he grew older, though, he, he found the, the Hebrew slaves fighting, and he, and he tried to break it up of being brothers. And, you know, so he ran away, goes into the desert, tends sheep for Jethro for 40 years, and, and comes back. God calls him back. He has the encounter on the mountain, right? Um, God says, you're going to go back. You're going to lead my people out of Egypt. And so he goes back, and he does that, the ten plagues, right? We, we understand the most thing. And then they spend all this time in the wilderness. Now, God had a plan to bring the people out of Egypt and into the promised land. And if you walk that, it would be about a 13-day journey. You know, I'm thinking of the Pacific Crest Trail hikers. And, you know, they're, they're doing these huge, huge amounts. But if you walked it and led the people, it would be about a 13-day journey that took 40 years. That's just a long time. To, and you know what? It's not that they were lost. We would say, well, they were lost. You know, you know the joke is, you know, why did, why did you know, the children of Israel wander the desert so long? Because Moses was afraid to stop and ask for directions. <laughs> you know, they knew where they were. It wasn't that big. In fact, at one time, they come to, they come to the promised land and they send the spies in, right? Two of them came back with a good report. The rest of them says, you know, yeah, the land is great, but we'll never do it. They have giants, and it's bad, and that. And so they don't do it, and they just wander for 40 years. So Deuteronomy is the end of Moses' life. And in the, de in the desert, in the wilderness area, you know, God provided them with manna for the day. Remember, they, they didn't have food, and so every day the manna would come from heaven, and the children would gather it. At different times, they needed water, and so... So water would come from a rock, and, and God would give the children water, and he, he was with them the whole time. Moses being their leader, um, he, would, uh, he would, you know, I mean, there's millions of them. So this is where we even find that Jethro, his father-in-law, says, Moses, you're getting so tired. You're doing too much, you know, appoint leaders. So structures were invented during this time, and the, they just lived 40 years. I'm only 40. What am I this year? I'm 44 still. Got to that point that I keep, stopped keeping track. You know, 40 years they wandered. Think about the last 40 years. A lot, a lot happens in 40 years. Some of you who are old enough, you go back 40 years. That's, you know, even if you were 15 or 
or 20, 40 years ago, you think the last, that's, that is absolutely a lifetime. They lived in the wilderness. They did everything in the wilderness. They raised kids. In fact, if you had a child at 20, you could have, if you, if you had your child when you were first going into the wilderness, they could have had a child 20 years later, and 20 years later, they could have another child, and you could become a great-grandparent in that 40 years. Wow. A lot happens. So that's, that's, that's kind of the story. So Moses is now at the end, and he knows he's at the end, and he's beginning to talk to the, to the children of Israel. And we're going to read, actually, we're going to read a little bit today. We're gonna, um, I'm going to start reading in verse 3, but let me catch you up. He just talked about the blessings if, of following God and the cursings if the children of Israel didn't follow God. And the curses were kind of a bummer. You know, you're going to drag away into other lands. You're going to be held captive. And we're going to start. Um, actually, we're going to go ahead and read the 10 verses. Um, and then we're going to focus on 11 uh, after that. Deuteronomy chapter 30. Now, this is after Moses is telling the people. He's already told the people the blessings and the cursings. And so he says, Now it shall come to pass, when all these things come upon you, the blessing and the curse which I have set before you, and you call them to mind among all the nations where the Lord your God drives you. That's if they make the wrong decisions. And you return to the Lord your God and obey his voice according to all that I command you today. And you and your children with all your heart, with all your soul, that the Lord your God will bring you back from captivity and have compassion on you and gather you again from all the nations where the Lord your God has scattered you. And we're going to stop just, just quick. He set... The, the blessings for following God and the curses, and he's basically saying, you guys are probably going to choose the wrong thing. You're going to probably choose the wrong thing. So when you do that, and then you go, wow, we blew it, and you come back to the Lord, this is what's going to happen. And I, I, and I look in the mirror, and I look around the room, and I say, that's many of us. We've, at times, made the wrong choices, and we ended up in captivity. We ended up somewhere else, and... and Hopefully, you've come back to the Lord today, but you might be here going, I might be ready to come back. I pray that this is the day that you would come back because it says, if any of you are driven out to the farthest parts under heaven, from there the Lord your God will gather you, and from there he will bring you. And the Lord your God will bring you to the land which your fathers possessed, and you shall possess it. See, this isn't just about our, our relatives or the people we know. God has a plan for us to possess the land, and he will prosper you and multiply you more than your fathers. The Lord your God will circumcise your heart and the heart of your descendants to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul that you may live. And, and if, you're, if you're doing something, you want to underline that word live there. It's important because this is about not just existing, but being alive and living for the Lord. And verse 7 says, the Lord your God will put all these curses on your enemies, those who hate you and persecuted you. You'll again obey the voice of the Lord and do his commandments, which I command you today. The Lord your God will make you abound in all the work of your hand and the fruit of your body, the increase of your livestock, the produce of your land for good. These are good things. The God, God wants to bless you, bless us as we serve him. And I have watched that happen personally in my life and those of the blessings of God coming. And the Lord will again rejoice over you for good as you rejoiced over your father's if you obey the voice of the Lord your God to keep his commandments and his statutes which are written in the book of the law, and if you turn to the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul. Now, we're going to go on in a second, but we just read a lot, so I'll just 
just stop here because really there's some great stuff uh, in, in verse, starting in verse 11. My Bible says, if you, if you have the New King James, it says, the choice of life or death. The choice of life or death. Do you realize we have the choice of life and death as we choose what we're going to do? You don't even realize, people don't realize that, that when you make a choice, sometimes you're choosing death and sometimes you're choosing life. Not that you're going to die instantly, but there's a, a life of death. My teenagers are old enough now and have been for a few years. I talk with them regularly about choices that they make. And I say, you know, you have a lot of choices in your life. And some of them are, are, you know, aren't real big. Some of them are bigger. But some choices that come before you will absolutely change your life if you choose the wrong thing. I mean, it'll be a permanent choice. You choose to, to be with the wrong people and get into uh, trouble with the law, and that's going to change your life forever. When, when, uh, when a guy and a girl hook up and, and the girl gets pregnant, that changes your life forever. You know, eight-year-olds don't have too many chances to make a choice that's going to change their life forever. But, but you, you, we get to that point, and when you're, when you're 12, 13, 14, you don't realize the gravity of your choices. But remember, it doesn't matter if you know that your choice is serious or not. You still make it. How many of you, you don't have to show your hand, but how many of you would go back and say, there's two, three, four, five choices that I made in my teenage years. I absolutely would have made a different choice because it affected me for life. And, and choosing the Lord, choosing life over death, we need to make sure that we're making the right choices. Now, back to Deuteronomy chapter 30. And, and I said we're starting the, the, the book of Joshua. We're not going to be in Joshua today. We're setting up the stage of the end of Moses so that Joshua can come in because what Moses is trying to do is set the stage and then he's about to die. Moses, your servant, is dead. And Joshua is going to take it from there. So next week, uh, God willing, we'll actually be in the book of Joshua, and I'm really excited about Joshua chapter 1. Um, this commandment I command you today is not too mysterious for you. I love this little passage in here. Listen to this. It's not too mysterious for you, nor is it far off. It's not in heaven that you should say, who will ascend into heaven for us and bring it to us, that we may hear it and do it? Nor is it beyond the sea that you should say, who will go down over the sea and bring it to us, that we may hear it and do it? But the word is very near you, in your mouth and in your heart, that you may do it. Guys, it's an easy choice. It's not so far off. The choice to follow God, the choice to be in His will, the choice to live is not mysterious. It's in your heart. It's in your mind. It's in your mouth to do it. And this is, this is a wonderful news, but it also gives us absolutely no excuse. See, if you're here this morning, we're going to, at the end of this message, and even right now, we don't even have to preach your message, but at the end of this message, we're going to be without excuse to make the choice to live, to make the choice to follow the Lord, because it's not mysterious. It's not full of wonder, well, what do I do? It's, it's very basic, and it's basic elements of following Him. It says, the word is very near you in your mouth. Verse 15, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. In that I command you today to what? Love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, and to keep his commandments, his statutes and his judgments, that you may live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land which you go to possess. Who wants to be blessed 
in the land. Amen. I want to be blessed. I want to possess the things that God has for me. I preached a message. And I heard a message and it struck my heart. And I preached about possessing our possessions. See, God has actually set things up for us. And all we have to do is go and possess them. Go and possess them. Um, if, if I were to give you um, a savings bond and it was, was, you know, back from 1880 and I give you this, you go, well, I, I, great, I got a piece of paper. But if you take that paper in to the bank, now you're actually going to possess your possessions. You know, God has given us his promises and his word, and yet sometimes we just hold it and go, well, I don't really know what to do with it and I'm not going to cash it in. God needs us to go and possess our possession. Verse 17 it says, if your heart turns away so that you do not hear and are drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I announce to you today that you shall surely perish. You shall not prolong your days in the land which you cross over the Jordan to go in and possess. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, and that you may cling to him, for he is your life and the length of your days, that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, to give them. I call heaven and earth against us today that we have the choice of life and death before us, and that he wants us to choose to serve him, to, to enter into everything he has for us and to possess the possessions that he has for us. But choices are everywhere. How, what will we choose? You know, when I was first, when the Lord first put this on, on my heart, I was going to just go right to the end of, end of Joshua and, and, and do that. And, and I, but really, the end of Joshua chapter 24, verse 15, choose, for ye, choose ye whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And I realized that, that that's, and I'm jumping ahead, so we're going to get that again in 24 weeks. Okay, Joshua, at the end of his life, says the same thing that Moses said at the beginning of the time going into the land. See, see, it's all about that. Listen, there's a choice to make, but it's not a one-time choice. See, I, choose, I chose to serve the Lord when I was 15 years old. See, I got saved at about eight years old. You know, I, I accepted the Lord. I, I knew who the Lord was on whatever level an eight-year-old can, and I read my Bible a little bit, and I went to you know, Bible time and, and to church occasionally, and then I totally fell away from the Lord and, and until I was you know, 15, actually almost 16. And when I came back to the Lord at that age, I, I knew a little bit more about what being a Christian was, and I chose life. I chose to serve the Lord. But throughout my time, there's a lot of other choices that I had to choose again in the moment to choose the Lord. There was a time in my life that I, I was in a bad place and wasn't serving. The, well, I was serving the Lord, but I, was, I got mixed up in a bad relationship, and, and, I, uh, and I was choosing the wrong thing. And I, and I came to a point where I had to stop, and I had to choose the Lord again. And if I would have chosen the wrong thing, continued to do that, I would have gone down and been exiled, if you will, and I would have, I, who knows what could have happened to me. But I again came to him, and I chose the Lord after a little time in the desert. Have you been there? Amen. Most of us, I think it's been there. Yeah, I, I did that and I chose. And throughout your life, we're, throughout our lives, we're going to be brought these things are going to come and say, what are we going to do? You know, the, life does get hard. 
And we're, we have a lot of obstacles that come against us, and we're not always possessing our possessions. And the fruit that seemed so big and was so big at one time seems to dry up a little bit, and it gets a little bit more scarce, and we're questioned again, will you serve the Lord? And you say, well, yeah, my fruit's kind of small serving the Lord, and this looks better. Choose. Choose to serve Him. Choose life, because we're talking about long term. You know, sometimes the choices that we make, we're not going to see the fruit of God's blessing until we go through a trial or go through a time. But if we stay steadfast to the end, we look back and we say, there was God. We know the, we know the poem well, the footprints in the sand, you know, where we look back and there was, there was two sets of foot, footprints and they said, but sometimes there's only one and, and, and the Lord said, well, that's, that's when I carried you. We walked side by side, but there was times that I, I carried you. And I, I look at my life and I go, there was times that I wouldn't have made it through if God wouldn't have carried me. Amen? There's another version that came out, and I really like that one too. And, he, and then there was, they looked further down, and there was these marks that kind of looked like that. And he says, well, what's that? He says, well, that's where I drug you. <laughs> <laughs> and thank God he'll do that too. Amen. He's, he drags us sometimes, you know, because he loves us and he wants us to come through. But how many would, would, would look back in their life and, and through a time where you didn't see God and things were really rough, but now looking back, you go, I know where God was. He was sustaining me. But boy, in the midst of it, I can't find God to save my, save my life. Where is God today? But no, he's, he's there. We choose life and we keep choosing it because he's got a, he's got a plan for us. And think, well, what, what is that? Choose, choose life. You know, I think of John 14, 6, simply. You know, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. John 10, 10. I've come that they might have life and life to the full. We make our choices. We're really, we're choosing Christ in our day-to-day. -day, and, and these things that are coming up, we're saying, you know, Lord, I, I choose you. What would you have me do? God, I want to choose the things that, that cause and promote life. There was so many, as I was, you know, thinking and praying and writing things down, I went, we have so many times every day that we need to choose and choose really the Lord. Choose the things that he has for us. I even read through, through this, there was a little article I, I, I read through about happiness. And it wasn't even a Christian, Christian article at all, but it says, it's even proven scientifically that you get to choose, you can choose to be happy. And I thought, I think it's true. You can choose to be happy. You can change your, your mindset. You can set, and, and what the Bible says, set your heart on things above, not on earth, not on things below. We can put our hope in, in Christ and choose to be happy when circumstances come. You know, we have a choice. In fact, what separates us from the animal kingdom is, is the moment of choice. Kick a dog, and they bite you. But God gives us free will, and he gives us a moment to choose. When things happen to us, you might feel like you have no choice. You might feel like it's just a reaction, but God gives you a choice every time something happens and you get to choose your response. Are you going to lash out at somebody when they lash out at you? Or will you choose to respond the way Christ would? 
When things go bad, are you going to choose to go back to the, the drinking or the drugs or, or the running around or just whatever, whatever it might be? We have a choice. You know, if I said, you know, happiness is a choice. I think most of us say that, right? Happiness is a choice. We, we've heard it. We kind of know it. What if, what if something bad comes up and somebody comes up to you and says, you know, I'm sorry that that happened, but I just didn't have another choice. What's your response? You always have a choice, right? You don't, you don't let other people get away with that. You know, come on, parents. Your kids come up and say, you know, I'm sorry that happened, Mom, but I just didn't, there wasn't another choice. And you go, you always have a choice. You always have a choice, but I don't. I just, you know, I just kind of fly off the handle sometimes. No. We have a choice. We have a choice to serve the Lord. We have a choice to... To bring every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. The Bible says that. It says take every thought captive and bring it into the obedience of Christ. What, is, what does that mean? Well, you know, we have these thoughts that bombard us constantly. I think the enemy is great at putting those thoughts and whispering into our ear. We don't even need much help from the enemy. We're really good at it ourselves. And these things come and we, ha we have to grab that thought and sometimes wrestle it to the ground. But that's a choice. That's a choice to do. Or you can choose to play around with that and say, yeah, they were really mean to me. Yeah, they were probably thinking this. And they probably did this. And we play with that thought. No. Make a choice to take that thought captive. Make it obedient to Christ. Choose life. Choose to follow God. You have to choose not to follow the world. And that, that's getting harder and harder because the world has absolutely crept into every part the world is so in the church, the ways we do things. We have to choose not to follow the world. I was really thinking of the song. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. I decided, I made a choice to follow Jesus. Everyone has to make a choice to follow the Lord. And everyone chooses at what level they're going to do it. You know, we're, everyone in this room, including myself, make a choice at what level we're even going to follow Him. Choose life. Follow Jesus. The other verse on that, the world behind me, the cross before me. Let's do that. Let's choose to put the world behind us. Put the cross before us. Put Christ first. I've, I've never really been big, big into, into tattoos, but I've always thought if I got a tattoo, probably the one I would get would be a globe, a world on my, I don't, it's on my left shoulder for some reason, and a cross right here. The world behind me, the cross before me. <laughs> right? Yeah. You, don't worry, I probably won't run out and get a tattoo anytime soon. <laughs> Though Matthew's planning on getting one. So maybe we'll go get them together. <laughs> the cross before me. And you know, sometimes, we, we read this last week in, in John. Sometimes the cross before us is literally the cross is waiting for us, for, 
for Peter, that's what he said. Remember Jesus talking to him last week? He talked about that in John, John chapter 20. He says, listen, someday you're gonna, you used to be able to go and do whatever you want to do, but someday people are going to take you where you don't want to go, and you're going to stretch out your arm. For Peter, the cross was literally before him. See, coming to Christ doesn't mean that everything is, is always good. But it does mean that there is always life. Even if life means you have to die to get it. The cross is before us. We choose Christ. You know, Christ is my reward. He, he's, he's what we do. So we choose, we choose life. We choose, we choose our thought processes. We've got to take those thoughts captive. We choose to set our minds on things above, not on things below. You know, we read in James about the tongue. The tongue is a world of evil. Who can control it? And, but we make a choice. We make a choice to submit our lives to the Lord. We make a choice to submit our tongue to the Lord. Remember, you know, we talked about a few weeks ago or a month or so ago, we talked about, you know, sometimes we need to get our, get our wallet saved. We need to get our tongue saved. It, that was kind of fun. I, I, I heard out in the hallway, people were, you know, passing around water, baptizing their tongues. <laughs> you know, we got to get a hold of this thing. And, and we can't do it outside of Christ. See, this, this message, and I, I, I will come back and say it's almost every week, we can't do it on our own, but we can do it in Christ. We've got to choose. Choose how we're going to speak to one another. Says build each other up. Encourage one another. Speak love. Speak life to one another. And okay, well, I kind of get it. Now, how, are we, how are we going to do this, though? So that, that is the, the hard part. Because outside of being saved and outside of Christ, we can't do it on our own. So we need to be saved, and we need to give them a, our life, and we need to... Say, God, I, I need your help. I can't do this. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We need the Spirit living inside of us. We need to be not grieving the Holy Spirit with our, our actions because as we walk in the world, we grieve the Holy Spirit. We don't have His power. In fact, this morning, next, next door, so those who have kids in Kids Zone, Matthew's teaching the kids this morning. And, and, and part of the, the message is, is, you know, even though God is with us wherever we go, you know, when we come to church, God's there because we, we bring him with us. But he's not really with us. And he's, I think he's going to do a little example, and it's, it's a great example for us here. We could, I could even have some examples, but imagine two people sitting in chairs, and they could even be a husband and a wife, mom and a dad, best friends, but they're sitting like this. They don't even have to say anything. And you know what's going on. They're having a fight, right? So my question would be, are they with each other? And I think we go, well, no, not really. But they're sitting right next to each other. Yeah, but they're not with each other because they're not in agreement. They're fighting. There's a wall. You can't even see, but there's a wall between them. Church, is that the way we want to live? See, they need to be in agreement. They need to have communication. They need to be in relationship in order to be with each other. We need to do the same thing with the Lord. 
You've got to be with the Lord. You can't, you can't just live the way you want to live and then say, well, God's with me. He's going to bless me. He's going to give me these things. Uh-uh. That's not the way it works. See, we, we, we follow the Lord. We live in him. We, he gives us life because we're in relationship with him. And so you choose that. Choose to be in relationship with him. We used to do a skit, and it was, it was a pretty powerful skit. I, we should you know, get, teach the youth some of these skits, but there was a, I mean, it's just kind of a fun little setting. There's a, a guy, and he was at his house, and the, and the, uh, the phone rings, or actually, I guess it's the door, the door knocks and opens up, and he goes, oh, Jesus, hi, it's good to see you, and he brings him in, and, and he talks with him, and and he goes, oh, let me clean up. And he's, you know, hiding the little, the beer, and he's hiding the different things. Great to see you, Jesus. And, and uh, then he gets a phone call. And he goes, oh, and he just whispers. And he goes, okay, I'll see you in 20 minutes. Hangs up. And he says, hey, hey, Jesus, I'm going to run out for a little bit. But when I come back, I'll bring some, you know, drink. What, you want some coffee? You want some soda? You know, you know, and he starts walking the door, and Jesus just gets up, and he's just right with him. He says, no, no, Jesus, you just, you just stay here. I'll be back in a little bit. And, and you, you know, Pepsi, what do you like? He says, no, no, Jesus, you, you stay here. He keeps following him. Pretty soon he grabs Jesus' hands and he says, no, Jesus, you stay here. He crucifies him. It was really, it was very simple, very heavy skit. We don't want to do that. But see, we make choices that, that are like that. We go, you know, I'm going to go out tonight, and I really don't want Jesus there with me. <laughs> you know, we, we, we laugh. It's, it's kind of funny, but I think also there's a part of us going, yeah, I've done that. I've done that. So we need to, to give our lives to the Lord and choose life because we know that he came to give us life and life to the full. See, I've been in Christ long enough, and I w I've done enough in the world to know that though it's hard in Christ, I don't want to go back. You know, in the moment, I do. My flesh just screams sometimes, and you, it just, you want to just give in and give up. And, but you go, no, I, I know the blessings of the Lord. I know my life with the Lord. I know his presence, and there is nothing that competes with that. See, for each of us in here, it's, it's already going through our hearts and our minds, the choices that you're making, choices that I'm making, the things that I need to start choosing to do and stop doing in the Lord. One of the things that's going to really help us, we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, but a, another part, you can go to Psalms. Chapter... 119. We're going to read the whole thing. For those of you going, what's there's a couple verses in Psalm 119, 176 of them. The whole Psalm chapter 119 is about the word. It's about the word. Some of our famous verses that we memorized of Psalm 119, Psalm 119, 105, 
You know, this used to be more popular because there was a song that went with it. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It's Psalm 119. But we can go up a little bit earlier in Psalm 119. We can go to verse 9. The psalmist wrote, How can a young man keep his way pure? Isn't that a question? Do you remember that? How, how can I keep, how can I be pure? How can a young man keep his way pure? He goes on and says, By living according to your word. I seek you with all of my heart. Don't let me stray from your commands. I've hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. If you don't have the word of God in your heart, in your mind, choosing life is going to be just about impossible. We really have to get the word. We need to have the word alive in us. The Bible says that the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. It cuts, divides between soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitude of our heart. If we're not in the word and we're, we're, we're brought these choices, how do we know which choice to make? See, I've, I've seen, experienced it personally and seen other people who begin to not be in the word and when things come up, they can't even make a right decision whether this is wrong or right or they justify their choices. Say, well, you know, God really wants me to be happy. I don't remember seeing that in the Bible, actually. His number one goal is not for you to be happy. He wants you to have life, and he'll actually give you joy. But sometimes the journey to joy isn't happiness. Sometimes the journey to joy is difficult can even be full of sorrow because you have to leave things. God takes things away that are not good for you. And in that moment, that is not happy. That's wretched. It's horrible. See, God doesn't care if you're happy, but he wants to give you the joy of the Lord. He wants to give you life. He wants to give you peace. He wants to give you freedom. So we meditate on his word. We get to know what he has for us through reading his word daily, and that's a choice right there. You know, choose to read his word because, you know, reading the Bible is really kind of hard sometimes. It's dry sometimes. It's, uh, we're busy. We wake up in the morning. Like, we've got to run into the day. So, you know, I'm going to choose to spend some time with my God. I choose choose life and he he amazingly took 40 different authors over a thousand years three different contents put them together and caused this book to remain it must be important it must be important that he preserved his words to us and we read and we find life in here. You know, one of the things you read is you find that David was just like us. I mean, he's angry at people. He wants, I mean, he's wanting God to get him. Go get him, God. Revenge me. Smite my enemies. Not that any of you have ever thought that. 
He fails, he falls, but he keeps looking to the Lord. And how, how do you know that if you don't read it? How, how can you know that God will forgive you until you get into the word? And we found what we did last week and God, Jesus restoring Peter. Man, Peter was just a, just a, a failure. I don't think I would have done any better in his spot. So I can relate with him. I'm going to choose your way or his way. Guys, there's, there's a whole move happening. And it's, it's, it's definitely more prevalent now than it has been at any time in our generation to rewrite the Bible. You know, they're not literally writing it. They're just telling you what it says. You know, well, God wants two people to be happy, so it doesn't matter if they're boy and boy or girl and girl. It doesn't matter. You know, yeah, I know that they're married, but we love each other, and God wants us to be happy. And that's not what the Word says. We have to go into the word and find what he has for us so we can choose life. The Bible says in the end times, and, and I, I've asked this, well, who, who, really, who would raise your hand? And we'll actually do this. Who would, who would raise their hand and say, I believe we're living in the end times? Yeah, we're like, man, it's, it's getting evil. It's getting wicked. And, and the, the signs of the times, they're there. And you know, the Bible says in the end times, deceivers will come in and draw away the elect deceivers, they'll lay up for themselves, they'll, they'll preach words that make you feel good, that says that you know, the itching ears want to hear. I mean, there's, there's, they're rewriting the Bible. And we won't know what it says unless we choose to read it. Why? Not just to do our duty. It's not about the time clock. You know, I, a few weeks ago, I even you know, thought, I, I, would, I don't want, like to offend people. I just like to talk about offending people. I thought about putting a time clock out in the, in the foyer. For those of you who said, well, you know, you can punch the time clock, you made your hour and a half. That's not us. That's not why you're here. We don't have a time clock on our Bible. So, well, let's see here. My thinking, okay. Started reading. They see they judge it on the every 15 minutes. So if I read eight, I get credit for all 15, right? Remember that on time clocks? Anyone ever do it? Oh, eight minutes. Now if I clock out, I get credit for the whole 15 minutes. I never knew that. I would have done it. It was actually happening in one of the places I worked. You know. As long as you if you clock in at seven minutes after the hour or before that, you get credit for the for the clocking in on time. Woo! Anyways, they figured that one out pretty quick and changed it. It's not about punching the time clock. It's not about like, oh, you know, I remember Larry Lee, and so you go, who's Larry Lee? But Larry Lee's teaching, you know, could you not tarry with one hour? I need, to, I need to spend an hour in prayer, and I need to do 20 minutes of Bible reading, I need to do this. No. But the Bible says, how can a young man keep his way pure by living according to your word? How can you live according to it if you don't know it? You can walk around and says, hey, 
Do you want to go out and get drunk? Let me look. God, let me check the concordance. There's got to be something in here somewhere, whether I should go do this or not. It's in your heart. You go, no, that's not what God would have me do. He's got something better for me. He says, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. I don't have to, that, that's not a question. Do you want to get drunk? No. God's got something better. And I've been drunk in the Spirit, and that is way better. Choose the power of choice. We're going to choose for our physical things. We're going to choose for our spiritual things. You choose to eat healthy or not eat healthy. But the most important choice is what, what are we going to do? Are we going to choose to serve the Lord, live by his word, just agree, agree with what he said to us through his word and say, you know, I'm going I'm to trust you, even though sometimes when I live by the word, it looks, it looks crazy. If somebody slaps you on one cheek, turn to him the other. But I'm going I'm to apply the principles of the word. And I'm going to know the word enough to know what's behind it. You know what I mean? Because we could go in there and say, oh, wait, wait, I read it. Beat your, your plowshare into a, into a sword. Okay, I'll go do that. And go over a couple chapters that says, beat your sword into a plowshare. <sighs> Which one is it? You ever, you ever read that one, right? But, but we get into the, the whole counsel of God and we understand who he is so that we can choose. There's power in choice. There is power in choice. Let's pray. Father, in Deuteronomy, at the end of Joshua also, God, there's the, the scriptures. I've set before you today life and good death and evil. Choose. As Joshua commanded at the end to the people after he set everything up, he says, you've followed the, the Lord and he's given you the possession. You're going off onto your own lands, but choose you this day whom you'll serve, whether the gods from the past, whether your old lifestyle, or God, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Father, this morning, we're in here and we have a lot of choices. So I pray that you would help us to choose you. Choose you in our different circumstances in life. Choose you in our marriage. Choose you as we work. That we might honor you in our pastimes, in our freedom, in our free time. God, we want to follow you. We do say, I have decided to follow Jesus. There's no turning back. Though none go with me, still I will follow. Though none go with me. I'm not doing this for a popularity con contest. Because I know that following you will be unpopular. Help us to choose you. Show us what you have long term through your word that you've got treasures in store for us. You've got heaven waiting for us. And so we choose you this day. Father, we can't do it on our own. Fill us with your spirit. Surround us with brothers and sisters in Christ who will encourage us to continue to choose you. 
We thank you for filling us with the Holy Spirit to give us power over the enemy and authority over the enemy to help us take thoughts captive and to understand the word. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. Though none go with me, still I will follow. Though none go with me, still I will follow. Though none go with me, still I will follow. No turning back, no turning back. I just want to encourage you today, if you need to spend some time with the Lord, don't rush out. Just just spend some time. You can come to the altar. You can sit in your seat and pray. But maybe you have to do business with God today. We're gonna, we'll, we'll go out in the foyer to fellowship. It's beautiful outside. Give people an opportunity to just spend time with the Lord.